You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, this is Ivan. And this is Eric. And we wanted to welcome you to season two of The Parsnip Ship. We're really excited to share this season with you with nine new plays by amazing mid-career and new playwrights. As we start our new season, we're recording out of a new venue in a fully live format. And as with all live theater, sometimes there are technical difficulties. And with this episode, we recorded on a new sound system, which didn't quite capture some of the highs of the episode. So there are some glitches, but it clears up mostly after the first few minutes. But the play itself is one of the best we've ever done. So we both still really hope you enjoy it and are so proud and excited to share it with you and to welcome you to season two of The Parsnip Ship. Enjoy and thank you for listening. Thanks. Debery. Hi, I'm Eric Borlaug, and welcome to the Parsnip Ship. Um, tonight we will be hearing Untitled Radio Play by Keele Gibson. Um, and this is our first night at Cloud City here in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, uh, which is pretty exciting. This will be our new home for our second season, season two. Season two, and tonight's reading is directed by T.J. Weaver, who we've just gotten the beautiful presentation from. <laughs> and tonight, our actors are Josh Adam Ramos, Benji, Jonathan Burke, Poppy Chulo, Luke Lowry, I'm Chill Guy Five Two Nine, and Wayne, Justin Sams, Miss Lady. Awesome. Um, and before we begin, we wanted to ask you, Kile, a little question to get us started. And that question is, um, what would the world be missing if this play never were performed? Well, I think uh, the reason I wrote the play is because the world is already missing this thing. Um, this, is about, this play is about sexual racism, and I think the gay community often misses that racism exists within its walls. And so that's why I wrote the play. So the fact that if I'd never written it, what would the world be missing? I think they're already missing it, which is why we're here tonight. Amazing. Awesome. Feel free to clap, guys. Feel free to clap. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We would also like to take the time to thank our musical performers. Tonight, uh, we will have Shakar and Star performing tonight. It's going to be great. I heard the soundtrack. They're really amazing. I'm really excited. Um, And so let's begin with our first musical performer. Welcome, Star. Hey, how you doing? Hi, how are you? Good, good. Uh, I see you and uh, you see me, so I'm going to like not ignore you. I'm going to talk to you just a little. Mostly I'm going to sing, don't worry. Um, my name is Star Busby. This machine here is Frances. Um, yeah, she's my bestie, an inanimate object, but it's fine. It's totally cool. But yeah, this first song is called Joy. <laughs> <laughs> You bring out a special kind of feeling in me I don't know what to call it but it is a root Yes, it is a root And from it blooms laughter and smiles and confidence Like I've never known to know how it's grown Questions I ask. 
cast myself in the dark to discover where the feelings end and we can start. Yeah, when can we start? And, 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 how can I see this is any less? Then the beginning of happiness and all I dreamed. Please don't take that away from me. Oh, don't let it leave. Please don't let it leave. Don't let it leave. Don't let it leave. All these questions surrounding my infectious laughter. Cause I'm not sure of what you're after. Amazing. <laughs> thank you, Star. Um, thank you for that bit of joy. Um, so we'll turn it over here to our director, TJ, who's reading stage directions. Untitled Radio Play by Keele Gibson. Grinder Conversation Night. Two men. One is white, masculine, and conventionally handsome. He is shirtless. This is Chill Guy 529. The other is in darkness. His back turned to the audience, a blank profile. This is Benji. Hey there, smiley face. Hi. Hey. Hey. What's up? NM, you? Chillin'. Nice. <laughs> you? Same here, man. Cool. Into? Verse here. Oral, rimming, J-O. More top here. Cool. You? Verse, but looking at bottom tonight. Very oral here. 
Love giving head. Cool. Pick question mark. Uh, yeah, you. Yeah, LOL. Trade. Yeah. Question mark? Sorry, got distracted. You first. LOL, after you. You can already see me, though. LOL. Not your face, though. LOL. The lights fade up on Benji. He is tall, masculine, black. He smiles. A face pick. No response. He takes off his shirt. A torso pick. No response. Several minutes go by. Hello? You there? Benji's been blocked. Satellite radio station, first hour. The broadcast console of the Benji Benedict Show, a queer talk and interview show. Benji enters, Starbucks in hand. He sits at his desk and immediately puts his head down. The show's producer and co-host, Miss Lady, enters. She holds a clipboard, going over last-minute paperwork before airtime. She is a fierce black grand dame. She wrote the definition of fabulous. She is a man. Well, well, well. Look who decided to grace us with her presence. I, 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 I saw Wayne earlier. He stopped by looking for you. You know, he wanted to talk. But I handled him since you want to be on CP time this morning. You're welcome. <laughs> He looked good on today, too, you know. You know, he's not my favorite, but he was wearing that suit. <laughs> okay. Am I talking to myself? You know I don't do one-sided conversations. Stop talking, then. Oh, so it's going to be one of those days. It already is. Oh, no, yeah, I can see that. I'm tired. We're all tired. You think everyone in this building got up here and came here today for their own joy and comfort? That's not what I'm saying, and you know it. No, I don't know it because you ain't talking. I just don't feel like talking, okay? And I ain't feel like guessing. That's all you had to say. Okay, then. Okay, then. I'm sorry. I thought so. <laughs> I'm in a mood. <laughs> you don't say. I was like, nigga, it's too early for all this fever. You're right. You know, I thought the Ebola scare was through with. <laughs> <laughs> Am I attractive? I'm sorry, what? Attractive. Am I? No, I heard you. I just needed some time to process. I guess. Sure, you're not my type, but... I mean objectively. <laughs> Never mind. Yes. You say that like you're still thinking about it. Yes, Benji. You're attractive. Okay. <laughs> okay? For my age, you mean, right? <laughs> I thought we were talking objectively. We were, but now... Girl, don't even. You're still young. <laughs> you know what? You're right. And black don't crack. <laughs> right. <laughs> Girl. Who has got you sweating like this? Nobody. <laughs> don't play. Bad night. What happened? He shit on your dick. <laughs> or did you on his? Your eloquence never ceases to amaze. Oh, I do what I can. No, really, what's going on? It's nothing. It's stupid. It's just... Have you ever doubted your ability to turn heads and, like, needed some type of, I don't know, confirmation that you do, in fact, got that thing that floats boats? Okay, Helen. Not even fleets of ships. Just 
somebody's boat. Yeah. Yeah? I know that feeling you're talking about. I know that. But that's what Instagram is for. <laughs> shall we? We shall. <laughs> okay, so today's rundown. In the first block, you've got Ask a Porn Star. Ugh, you mean it's Wednesday, Wednesday already? Who came up with such a stupid idea for you a You did. Remind me to find the definition of rhetorical for you later. It boosts ratings. Fuck ratings. Do you like drinking overpriced coffee during your morning lift rides from 10 blocks away? Yes. Then we can't fuck ratings. <sighs> Especially since we're the highest rated station on the, uh, the Sirius Network. Okay. Anyways, so in the second block, it's your lucky day. It's last week's segment on prep. Huh? The station got big hits with it online and they want to rebroadcast it. Amazing! <gasps> Maybe I can get a massage or something. I wouldn't count on it. Wayne is looking for you, remember? Shit. Did he say why? No, that's your friend. Tim Buck says he's meeting with corporate today. <laughs> Third block, as always, Zuckerville Realness, shall we? Do I have a choice? Do you want to get paid? <laughs> Great. You're on in 10 seconds. <clears throat> 10, <clears throat> 9, 8, <clears throat> 7, <clears throat> 6. Five. A Latino beefcake enters and sits at the mic across from Benji. This is Papi Chulo, the retired sex worker. He's dumb as rocks, but earnest as fuck. He puts on a pair of headphones. The lights shift. Ladies and gentlemen, and those who don't identify as either or, it's 7 a.m. and you know what that means. You're listening to Benji Benedict on Sirius XM Satellite Radio. If you're joining us for the first time, allow me to reintroduce myself. I'm your host, Benji Benedict. Oh, that sounds oddly familiar to something else, darling. Here with my trusty side chick, hey. his lady. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Miss lady. Yeah, baby. Was that a dick joke just now? <laughs> Whatever do you mean? I'm quite sure you don't know. Miss Lady. Yeah, baby. How's today shaping up? Baby, it's shaping up to be a lovely day. Clouds in the sky a little later in the day, with a high of 85 and a low of 72. Showers may be coming your way after 5 p.m. So, friends of Dorothy, you may want to bring an umbrella just in case. We don't want you bitches melting on us. <laughs> Traffic? Who cares? I take cabs. Current events. Well, now that you mention it, my baby daddy. <laughs> Frank Ocean, for those who don't know. Ooh. Frankie, girl, what happened? What are you talking about? Nigga made me wait two years for him. Oh, stop it. And you, you made me watch you make wood for 45 fucking minutes at 1 a.m. What the fuck was that? I mean. And then, and then he wants to release an album. Blonde. <laughs> that what album was... cover was worth it, though. No, it was not worth it. Did you like it? I All hated that it. that body, body, You liked it? Oh, yes. Weren't you gagged? No, I, I couldn't get through the first 10 seconds. Ugh. Next. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's a stoner album. It's a sex album. Well, I ain't smoking and I ain't fucking. So, Frank, bye. <laughs> Ugh, please, Frank. <laughs> Miss Lady has a bone to pick with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a bone to pick with you, Miss Frankie. When are we, we going to talk about the dick downs? When are we going to talk about why you're not on title? When are we going to talk about who, who's your boyfriend? Who you fucking? Is it a girl? Watch a it. woman? I just want you to say, I'm gay. You know what? That's why I'm going to wait on Odell Beckman to come out the closet. Ooh, you know, <laughs> You can't say all Well, that. anyways, give him the number, bitch. Give him the number. Well, Frank, if you'd like to come in and explain yourself, you can call us here at 1-888-KWENZ. That's one 888 <laughs> Five nine three three six nine. What are those last two digits? Six nine. Uh -huh. Why? Uh huh. Just making sure. And if you're not Frank and you want to throw your hat in the ring, I'm picky. She's really not. <laughs> you can call us here too. Again, that's one eight 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 K W E E N Z. All right. Shall we? Do I have a choice? Do you want to get paid? <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of fine-ass men, today in the studio uh, with us, we have Papi Chulo. Yo. A retired gay-for-pay sex worker. I'm Papi. That, of course, isn't his real name, but if you Google him, you'll find plenty of material to keep you bi Miss Lady. Huh. Google him after the show. <sighs> Got it. <laughs> Papi. So. May I call you Poppy? Uh, not apparently anymore. Oh, we'll get to that. First, 
How are you, Poppy? Chillin'. How are you? You all right, miss? <laughs> the voice, honey. <laughs> Don't mind her. She's fine. What's up, ma? Miss ah! <laughs> <laughs> lady is no more good, y'all. <laughs> Ciao. I just found my new husband. How much you charge? <laughs> Girl, I'm a turn him. <laughs> I'm gay, actually. What? Yeah. Oh, and I'm not retired. I mean, I am in a way. I'm retired from sex work, but not from porn. Come again. Boo! They're too easy today. Uh, like, I mean, like, I don't do escorting anymore. Like, having sex for money. Unless it's on camera. Yeah, unless it's like, like that. Poppy, you single? No comment. Oh, all right, all right. I see you, I see you. Keeping it close to the chest. <laughs> don't want to... Ruin the intrigue. Uh, something like that. Was that part of the gig? Playing up the ambiguity of your orientation? Yo, I'd be lying if I said no. Gay for pay is in. Right. Let's talk specifically about the sex work. The escorting. Why did you decide to leave that behind? I guess it's like... I don't know. I guess it's just like, like people change, you know? Oh, do they? In my experience, people don't change. They just shift the parts around and learn how to deal with them. Oh, word? What caused you to shift, Poppy? Okay, so I've been, like, reading this, like, what you call it? It's, like, an article, but they, like, updated, like, on the regular, you know? A blog? Yeah, like, a blog. And they got videos and, like, columns and stuff, and I've been doing them, like, going through them, you know? And I've come to realize in doing these videos and columns and stuff that, like, I am enough. Mm-hmm. I am myself all that, like, all that I need. That's right. Everything I need is right here. Right here. And right here. And right here. And, like, I should stand in that and know that as, like, a fact. Yo, shout out to friendyourtruestuff.tumblr.com. I don't know where I'd be without y'all. I love y'all over there. <laughs> what did this blog make you realize? Well, first off, I realized that me tricking with mostly older men and mostly white men, you know, I realized that that was, like, because and on account of my dad. <laughs> like, duh, right? <laughs> and because they have a coin. <laughs> well, that too, but it wasn't until this blog that, like, all this shit started to come to me. Like, this blog, it, it probably saved my life, you know? Shit like? Well, it's like when I was escorting, I was being someone else completely. But aren't you being someone else in porn? Yeah, a mailman, a milkman, a teacher, a daddy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a trigger. Why is it different? Important, I'm acting, feel me? But when I was escorting, it's like, I would take that shit home with me. Because money was involved. Not even, because it was intimate. And you could say sex is sex all you want, but sex is intimate. It's supposed to be anyway, and sometimes without thinking, I would take that shit home with me. And you don't take it home with you now from set? <laughs> Yo, porn is a workout. They give you a pill and you're fucking for four hours. It ain't fun. It's hot to y'all, but it's work. Noted. Uh, do you ever feel the same way about porn as you did about escorting before you stopped? I mean, check it. Sometimes I wish I could have a blank slate, you know? No porn, no escorting, nothing. Really? It's hard. Because in, like, in my line of work, it's about fantasy. And the real bitch are dealing in fantasy all the time. And for work, it's like that people lose their humanity. They become animals. Fantasy-crazed animals. Right, but what I'm wondering is... Why the disconnect? Right. Why are you cool with the fantasy of porn, but not with the fantasy of escorting? Like, for instance, when, say like when people are watching me in a film... They are only seeing what was put together for them to see. And they know I'm not a milkman or mailman or shit like that. They see me, but they chose me. They chose this fantasy. 
But don't they do the same thing? Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me finish. Requesting me for a night, they see me and how I present myself and, like, they see a hard-looking, possibly ghetto-type nigga, right? And, like, I got to be honest and tell myself and say that the flat-brimmed hat with the fresh kicks and jock strap don't help, but they want a ghetto-type nigga to come through and fuck them when they see me, right? Hallelujah! (laughs) Right. All right, but that... Is that really me, though? The difference is, let me tell you, when it's in person, they put all that shit on you. The fantasy they want becomes real, and some people got some fucked up fantasies. I'll never make that mistake again. Can you tell us about one or some of them? (sighs) So when I first started out escorting, right? I figure I look black, and I am black and Dominican. So same thing, sort of. So I'm just going to click black, right? Right. Wrong. I clicked black, and I wasn't getting no messages. Like, none. There would be all these guys looking at my profile, because on the site I would use, you could see who I visit you and whatnot. Sure. All these white niggas would visit me, and only a few of them would hit me up. And then when they did, the shit they be saying was mad offensive, feel me? Shit like what? Shit like... Oh, fuck me with your big black dick and punish me with your big black cock. Really? Shit was gross. It was like, yeah, it's big, but you ain't got to say all that. So if I'm being real and honest, I'm going to say that I more often than not would start, you know, start clicking the Latino button. I just didn't want to deal with all that mess anymore. Because, well, I want to get paid. There's a pecking order of what people find attractive when it comes to sex. Asians are at the bottom, then black, then Latinos, then whites at the top. Yeah, they want sugar and spice. No darkies, no rice. In the real world, no one would ever say to your face, but online ain't real life. And like it or not, it's true. On those sites, being black don't get you paid. And when it did? I paid for it. Took it home. All the objectification bullshit. It's just funny that you seem to have a problem with someone else objectifying you, but you objectify yourself. And what I choose to put myself through is my business. And I have every right to do what I got to do to make it in this life, in this world. I choose to get paid for dicking down. That's me. That don't give someone permission to act out their fucked up racist bullshit with me because they don't quite love themselves enough yet to be decent. And because they got a check, you can be decent and still have a check. No, no disrespect, but yeah. <laughs> Remember when I said people become animals? Uh, d- did I say too much? No, no, Poppy. Uh, we got to take a few calls. But before we do, I have a little something to say. In talking to Poppy, I couldn't help but be reminded that There is so much work to be done. And I mean that in the much broader sense. Yes, sure, porn could be better. How many times must we revisit the teacher-student storyline? Anyway, this world is fragile, to say the least. And in these harrowing times, we often lose sight of one another. As human beings, We often lose sight of those things which we have in common with one another. Amen. We lose our humanity. We see this faction or or that faction as inherently against I, we, us. Them has become the currency of the day. And in talking with Poppy, again, it is clear that this has permeated even our online personas. How can we do better? Or can we? Is it hopeless? Or have we reached a turning point? I hope so. Well then, Miss Lady, let's pray that your hope is enough. All right, let's take a couple of calls. Caller number one, you are on with Benji Benedict. Uh, Hi. Uh, I've been listening to your conversation with Pappy, and I just want to say that I love your work. And are you single? This whole conversation is bullshit. Like, why even have this dipshit on the show? You're just mad because you're black and ugly and nobody wants to fuck you. Racism is unfair 
anywhere, and it should not be tolerated. However, you cannot stretch this into the world of sex and dating. Refusing somebody a job on the grounds of their skin color is illegal, and so it should be. But if people are now suggesting that you can't refuse somebody a date or sex on the grounds of their skin color, we are getting into very ridiculous territory. Satellite radio station, second hour, lights up. Poppy Chulo is gone. Benji and Miss Lady sit across from one another at the main console. Audio from a pre-taped segment on prep plays faintly in the background. Standing before them in a very nice suit is Wayne, the station manager. He is white and has a very mercurial way about him, a lovable asshole. And another thing, if we're going to have porn stars on, why didn't we get an Ivy League, just so happens I do porn, but can form actual cohesive thoughts kind of porn star? You know? I, I mean, I can't be the only one who expects the show we do to live somewhere between entertainment and quality, am I? I thought his thoughts were pretty cohesive. Me too. But yeah, but it was off topic. The topic changed. It's allowed to do that. No shit, it changed. When you pitched this segment, it was as a way to make the men that you guys watch during your private time relatable. To be fair, they're probably the men you watch too. Gay for pay is in. <laughs> Where did you grow up? How did you get into porn? What's your favorite story from on set? The topic changed. The topic became inflammatory. And the calls that followed, Jesus. To be fair, we can't control what people are going to say. No, but you can help guide them toward not saying what they're going to say. Benji, what was that wrap-up about? What? All that what-the-world-needs-now bullshit. It wasn't bullshit, Wayne. It was... Loaded. That's not fair. Well, it wasn't what you normally do. Is that a fair statement? Today's whole first segment was loaded, and that wrap-up, eh, it was something else. What am I supposed to say when corporate comes breathing down my neck, huh? You say that it was a conversation, and that shit happens when grown folks is talking. And they'll say, did he pre-interview? And I'll say, did you? Come the fuck on, guys. <clears throat> You all. So don't let it happen again is what you're saying? You know I hate dropping the hammer on you guys. It's not my style. You all get away with a lot. So please help me help you keep it that way. As always, Wayne, thank you for your dedication and understanding. What would we do without you? Fuck off. Calm down, Wayne. Jesus. It's been a while since I've seen you this tense. Benji, I, um, I'm not going to bullshit you. We need to talk. Well, I figured that much, Wayne. We never go out anymore, and now you come in here looking like we're going to the prom. I hope you asked for my father's blessing. I met with corporate today. Venmo me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, did I mention how much I hate this part of my job? Am I... Are you about to fire me, Wayne? No, no. God, no. Well, not. Look, as station manager, I've been given the daunting task of talking to you about a potential shift. Shift, Wayne? For you and your show. And on the one hand, it's stupid because you're like one of the highest rated shows on our station. The highest rated. Uh, not lately. Bullshit. Look at the numbers. Which brings me to the other hand. The numbers don't lie. And the markets we usually hit are dropping like flies. And why is that? Let's focus less on the problem and more on the solution. What I've proposed is a potential move. Just a few measly yards down the hall, same team, same show, a few minor tweaks, but same spirit. Wayne? I know, I know. Benji, I know where your mind is going right now, and I can assure you... You have no idea where my mind is going right now. Where would I be moving to? Psst, you already know. You'd be moving from LGBTQ talk to urban talk. Oh, big surprise. I just felt corporate just feels. It would be advantageous for everyone involved if you guys... So we're supposed to talk about bottom shame and pub play on a black station. Urban. That ain't gonna fly, baby, and you know it. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. 
I'll be there in the beginning stages to help the transition go as smoothly as possible. And then when the time comes, you'll hand us off to Marcus? He already knows about the move. That moralistic house nigga motherfucker. Hey, I can't hey, stand hey. that piece of shit. I am all about a relaxed fucking managerial style. But I will not have you talk about your coworker, your new supervisor, like that in my fucking presence, okay? That's cause for a write-up. You understand that, Matthew? That's not my name. <sighs> Miss Lady, do you understand? If there's one thing that I understand, it's transitions. And they ain't easy. God, you guys. Thought you weren't going to make me be that guy today, right? Right? Right. Okay. Benji. Come on, buddy. We've been making moves since 08 together. We've had a good run, huh? And I'll still see you just a few yards down the hall. Oh, come on. What? You're not going to talk to me now. Just because I had to get all HR on Matt... Miss Lady over here. She's okay. I'm okay. We've had bigger bouts than this before. Look, I know it doesn't feel like it right now, but all the particulars, they're negotiable, okay? If at any point during this shift something feels off, anything, we can work it out until it doesn't. Corporate's promised me that much. But what did you promise them? Look, I went up there and threw myself on the chopping block for you, Benji. I bragged and I begged and I cut myself open for you. So they would do right by you. And then I come back down here and you make my bragging look like lying. And I know today was a fluke or whatever, but you got off topic. You were inflammatory on air. You. The shit on today's show shouldn't have been on today's show plain and simple. And if, and, and if me telling you that makes me the bad guy, then you know what? I As just always, Wayne, thank you for your dedication and understanding. We appreciate it. We do? We do. Miss Lady returns to the control room. The third segment is about to begin. Wayne cautiously shakes Benji's hand. Well, <clears throat> thanks for hearing me out, I mean. After a while, the two find themselves still shaking hands. The up and down motion comes to an end, and now they're holding hands, staring at one another. A standoff. Benji, you're on in 10 seconds. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, Four. You understand what I'm saying, right? I have a show to produce. Four, three, two. We're back, and I'm your host. <clears throat> Benji Benedict here, and I'm here to take your... You know what? Before we take your calls, I have a little something to say. I've been in radio for about 15 years now. Uh, started out at my college radio station. I was Benjamin then. Benjamin's Bomb Ass Beat Hour was the show. Hip hop and R&B from the greats, Biggie, Tupac, Jay-Z, Mary J, Faith Evans, you get the idea. I didn't necessarily like this music, though. Not at all, really. I much preferred show tunes. The Greats, Bernstein, Sondheim, Rodgers and Hammerstein. You get the idea. But I was the only black DJ at the station, so of course I had to play the music people expected the only black guy at the station to play. And I did. In spite of myself, I did. 
Fast forward to my last broadcast of the semester, before break, when instead of life after death, I played the entire cast album of Phantom. And not the selections either. No, the full two-disc set. Needless to say, I wasn't asked back the following semester. I guess that was the first time I noticed something about myself. Maybe some of you have noticed it too. There seemed to be space for me to be either black or gay, not both. You see, I noticed that day that I reside unwelcome in two communities. The black community, which views homosexuality as the white man's disease, and the gay community, which views blacks as exotic or unattractive. One or the other, never any more complicated than that. Earlier in today's show, we heard from, um, <laughs> forgive me, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking at the moment. Papi Chula. Right, who said that though he identifies as mixed race, he has found in his career as a sex worker that promoting his blackness is seen as a potential hindrance to his success. Harsh truths, maybe. Harsh truths... Harsh truths... Harsh truths... Last night, guess what I was doing? Harsh truths. Well, I found myself online. One of those apps, you know? What's the one, the one, the, the one with the, uh, it's the yellow one. It's, I know what it's, I'm blanking at the moment. Ah! <laughs> ah, which one's not important? But there I was, nonetheless, online, trolling for dick. I'm not ashamed to say it. No, I'm mighty proud to say it. I'm always mighty proud to say it. I keep my profile blank, save for my stats, as to keep some semblance of privacy. And that often results in men chatting me up with, with, with cautious trepidation until their request for my face pic is honored. Pick question mark? Now, more often than not, I send my photo. And if you've seen me like on a poster or, or at an event, I'm not a bad looking guy. That said, more often than not, my sending my photo is met with radio silence. <laughs> what a fucking coincidence, right? Wayne rushes in. Take a call. Take a call. Last night, I was ghosted by a man not of my race. Not the first time, but there's no crying in baseball, and there's no crying over spilt milk, and there's no crying over those with milky white complexions who have no time for the darkies or the spice or the rice. The conversation just goes and goes and goes until my face pic is sent, and then nothing. Fucking blocked, even. Take a fucking call. Nobody's calling. That, coupled with our guest today, and to be completely frank, your fucked up and half-cocked phone calls in the first hour have got me thinking. I've tried so long to belong to this group or that, fit into a binary I, I wished away my skin color, then my sexuality, alternating between the two, depending on the day, at times. I've worked through my own shit, become an adult, and just when I think I'm seated at the center of myself, I come across a profile that says, white dudes only, or get blocked by some idiot who thinks that racism doesn't extend into the realm of social media or hookup apps. Some dipshit says, sorry, not a match, or no hard feelings, just a preference. And I want to scream, you will never know the half the mucky motherfucking person that I am, or know the worth that you are throwing away, because it resides in a body not colored the same motherfucking shade you are. And to those motherfuckers who make me feel like I'm that lonely, frightened, and worthless disc jockey, and that I'll never find love because I can't quite love myself yet, I say to you, kiss both sides of my ass. Two times. Wayne picks up the phone. Do we have any calls? Uh, 
Uh, uh, yes, uh, we, we do, Benji. Line one. Uh, Hello, this is Benji Benedict. Caller, you're on the air. I, uh, I, really? Uh, I'm sorry. Don't apologize. <laughs> Long time listener. Uh, first time caller. And wh what you just said now, it really, uh, it hit me. You know, because, uh, so, sometimes, sometimes, um, sometimes in the past, sometimes I wish I could turn myself inside out. Don blonde or brunette hair. And know for one day the lily white slate of them. Those unhindered by norms, dictated by mostly fear. <sighs> to lay down the burden of unhinged masculinity. I would move through life, common dict, then lip and plain. Blended into the crowds, sometimes in the past, Sometimes I wish I could accessorize my mother's outfits as her gay son. And an and ornament and, and not a curse. Her ancestors, ill-fated, brought upon them generations after they had passed. Sometimes I wished away the swish of my walk. The timber of my voice. Suited for the church, but known to the church-going folk as tailor-made for the soprano section. Sometimes I just wish my skin would start fresh, born anew. Uh, a ring around the tub and I could just scrub off, depending on how I felt that day. But none of this could be. Contending with self was the only remedy. Time and the failure of suicide was the only additional medicine. Sometimes. Call her? Are you there? Yeah. I'm here. Stay on the line. Okay. Let's take a little break. Blackout, end of play. So far gone, am I crazy? 
Am I lying? Why be young and afraid to love? What's wrong? Am I built so wrong? I don't know. I wanna try. Can I try? Try. Amazing. That was our musical guest, Shakar. So we're just going to do a, a quick interview with our playwright, Kile, to get to know more about him, because he's fantastic. Um, and I hope you all um, enjoyed Untitled Radio Play. I hope it gave um, you all something to think about as we go on into the world. So with that, Mr. Kile, my first question to you is, tell us how you built and constructed this play. Did it come from one single moment or build up of moments? Like what made you say, I'm gonna write this play and then how did you put you know, these little, um, like the stories Papi Chulo tells about um, racial bias in his, um, in his escorting work. So when I first started writing this play, it was going to be like a call center. So let me just give you background. I wrote this play as part of the Amoralist Write Club, which I was a part of. Um, it was a group of six writers. Uh, and we met like bi-monthly and no, that means every two months. So we met twice a month and we like wrote two short plays and yeah. So uh, I wrote this as part of that and I was just like figuring out what I wanted to write because the first play that I wrote for them I didn't like at all, at all, at all. So I was like, okay, I need to go completely personal and write something so personal that it hurts to put it on paper. Um, and so this came out. I mean, I'm a gay man living in the 21st century, so the social apps that I use affect me daily, even if you don't think that they do. So uh, a lot of the times when I log on to those apps, I go through something similar to what Benji goes through in the opening of the play. And so I wanted to write about that and also institutional racism, which is something that I deal with. I just wanted to show how it's the same and that people think 
that it's two different things and that it's not. Uh, and so all of those things converged into this play. Yeah. Do you think that, um, I don't, do you think that people think it's the same, or when you say that people don't realize that it's the same, is that what you mean, like, that it's, it's still racism when you're saying, what do you say in the play, uh, no Asian, no rice, or whatever that line is, like, that people don't even realize that that's still racism, right? That, that because it's a sexual thing, they think that that's an excuse for that? Uh, they think, I think what makes people think that it doesn't affect the other, the, the other person on the end of the uh, conversation uh, mm. is that it's, there's an avatar. It's not your real self. You're not saying it to this person's face. And so there's less consequence mm. for what you say. Um, so I don't think that it's the same. Because if you said something racist to me in person, I'd smack you in the mouth. Mm. Um, but I'm a Christian, so I probably shouldn't say that. Um, but I would, you know what I mean? But like, on the apps, you just block them or you report them, and what does that do? I, I don't know what the reporting button does because it doesn't do anything. Um, they still get, you know, they might not get to log on to the app for a day or a week, and then they get to log back on and do it again to someone else. So it doesn't really help anything. I think consequence is what makes it different. So when you log on to an application, there's no consequence for your actions. But in real life, there are. I think that's why people don't think that it's different. Uh, that it's the same, I'm sorry. But it is, yeah. Yeah, and I, I wonder how much that bleeds into other social media outside of dating apps, like that people, um, I don't know, that we get into the, I mean, I'm thinking of comments all over the internet that we're in this age of anonymity, and so you can say whatever you want in this blogosphere to someone, and you don't realize that that's actually a person on the other end, and that's a human being like you. And I think that that, that anonymity is depressing yeah. um, and dehumanizing. I think it creates, sorry, I think it creates a culture of uh, no consequences again. We're like, now you're logging on Facebook, you're doing it on everything. Facebook, Twitter, uh, Snapchat, it disappears. You could say something crazy to somebody and then it disappears. Like, w there's no accountability. So I think that just is starting to bleed into real life and then real life on the other side of that coin is bleeding into our social media avatars. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's problematic. Mm -hmm. So, whenever someone messages you on an application and you aren't feeling them, just say, not a match, and send a smiley face. It's way better than saying, you know, no blacks, no Asians, no any of that. <laughs> so just send a smiley face. I think they don't need to, like, stay up at night wondering, you know, why you hate them. <laughs> hate them in secret. Anyway. So, um, just to touch back a little bit to what we were discussing beforehand and just something that you actually wrote in the play that I would like to pose to you and then of course there's no right or wrong answer is you wrote how can we do better can we that's a toughie um, because I very much feel like Benji is the avatar to go back to what we were discussed, call back. Okay, so to go back to the avatar thing, I think Benji is my avatar uh, in this play. I very much identify with his voice and his voice is the most similar to mine. So I, I think I'm actually asking because I don't have an answer. Uh, and I know for you know an interview, it's better if the person you're asking the question to knows the answer, but I don't know, I don't, I don't know the answer, which is why I think this play means so much to me and why it resonates with a lot of people is because like they feel it on a daily basis, either in the workplace or they go home and log on to an application and then they feel it there or they feel it on you know social media, it's so, present 
And I think because we live in a society where race is now being talked about as a real thing that was never addressed, like the civil rights movement was a movement and then it went away, uh, I think people are ready to talk about it and some people aren't ready to hear about it. And so we're in this weird place where everyone's sort of trying to make their voices heard. Either I'm feeling this or someone's saying, yeah, but that's done now. Uh, so I don't know the answer. I wish I did. Uh, but I think it comes with education. It comes with reaching out to those people who may not want to hear you, but you do it anyway. Or people you don't even know. I mean, I get in social media arguments with human beings I've never met before, and they think that they know me because of the color of my skin. And on the flip side, I think I know them because of the color of their skin, and because we're not the same color. And so there's this impasse, and I've never met these human beings, but it's like we both want to be heard so badly, and there's this space where you can shout anything into the void, and someone will reach back and say either I agree with you 100% or I disagree with you 100%. So we're at this weird moment where every opinion is given the same amount of weight as the next opinion and it's just it's troubling. So that question that I pose in the play is something that I grapple with every single day. I think a lot of people do. Um, the only way I know how to combat it is to write plays and have people see them and talk about them and make them complicated and as complicated as the society we live in because it's fucking crazy, you know? Uh, and this is the only way I know how to deal with it. So, yeah. Um, but on that, you think we can do better. Oh. You, oh, you, you have the belief in, in human beings that we can do better well, as a say, society. I'll say that we have to strive to be better, um, but there's seven billion people on this planet and not all of us speak the same language. And there is so much context that we have to take into account when we talk to someone who isn't in our skin. And it starts with being like, great, I don't know your life and you don't know my life. Let's ruminate on that, like let's meet there first as a jumping off point instead of we're different. Of course we're different. I'm different because I'm born on a different day than you are. So I'm different. I don't have the same soul as you. I'm different. So let's start there and then everything else is open for discussion. Maybe you can teach me something. Maybe I can teach you something. Maybe we're not going to agree and that's okay. But I think we have to try to meet there first. That was a great response. Oh, oh, our, our, yes, our question that we used to always forget to ask, what did you have for breakfast today? What I have for breakfast, I'm not going to say. Pile, <laughs> again, we ask, what did you have for breakfast? I had some B12 vitamins and my daily male vitamin with some water and a lift ride to rehearsal. That's what I had for breakfast. Rehearsal was at three, by the way. <laughs> well, on that great note, we just wanted to um, give a couple of thanks to um, the audience. Thank you guys for being a great and fantastic audience. We love it. And thank you so much to our musical guests, Star Busby and Shakar. We must thank our beautiful and fucking and talented cast. Thank you guys for sharing your talent. We have to, we have to thank our director, TJ Weaver. Thank you. And of course, we cannot be here without our playwright extraordinaire. We'd like to give a big, huge thanks to Keeley Gibson for, for this play. It is needed in the world, and I hope 
that it resonates with you guys and it gives you guys something to think about. And um, we also want to thank Cloud City for, for hosting us. Thank you, yeah. Cloud City. Awesome. And, and thank you for listening, people at home. Thank you, guys. Have thank a great you. night. Have a good night. Bye. Hi y'all, this is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.